Hello, hello. Welcome to the Video Insiders Podcast. I'm Carlos Pacheco. I'm Dennis Crushel. And we're back with another semi-regular episode. <laughs> the summer is okay. flying by. Yeah, we're doing okay. I, I, I don't, again, like my, my, my perspective of this podcast is that you know, um, there's a lot of podcasts out there and we don't need to be just like be another news podcast. So we can want to come in after a few weeks or a few months of like working and giving up and, and sort of like seeing what's going on and then giving our perspective on the news. Uh, how you been, Dennis? Good. And remember, it's always it's better to have quality than quantity. Uh, but exactly. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, the <laughs> last few weeks, um, I've been busy. I was in New York for a week and yeah, just kind of been busy with work. It's pretty busy summer work wise. But yeah, how about you? Yeah, sort of the same. Busy uh, summer personally and professionally. And uh, yeah, I was also in uh, Denver. Colorado for the first time ever for a conference called Stream TV, which we'll talk about later. But uh, let's uh, let's get straight into it and talk about discussion about you know what's been happening over the last couple of months. So the first piece of news that we want to sort of quickly talk about is YouTube's new monetization rules, a uh, new monetization criteria. Hmm. Essentially, for those who do not know, YouTube has lowered the threshold uh the entry requirements for monetizations for you know creators now from everybody's perspective that's essentially a shot to the tiktok and twitches of the world to trying to um you know uh, i guess stem the bleeding or anything else right you know essentially uh just to give you a little bit of an idea now you just need to have 500 subscribers and three valid public uploads in the last 90 days and either 3000 public watch hours in the last year or which starts to get a little bit confusing 3 million valid public short views now details about this is that you don't specifically start getting monetization from ads you just start getting monetization features which is super chat super stickers super thanks and the ability to promote uh your own products on youtube shopping so it's not necessarily a, like you're gonna start making you know ad adsense money from uh with these uh these new um uh, criteria is. Um, Dennis, uh, I'm going to stop talking. What do you think? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's interesting to listen to you talking through it. I think, uh, yeah, it's interesting to hear you say like it stopped the bleeding with uh, TikTok and Twitch, you said. Was it was Twitch the other? Yes. Yes. Well, Twitch, yeah. it's, I would say bleeding Twitch. Twitch would be more like, you know, Twitch a long time play. Twitch, Twitch and YouTube have been in a long time. Where I would say Twitch isn't doing that great these days. Yeah. But I, I think with the bleeding is more about TikTok as, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the instant, if TikTok monetizes at, at a YouTube level, YouTube's like in serious trouble. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's interesting on, um, like where you said about TikTok and YouTube adapting to YouTube shorts. So, yeah, this is probably Google getting out ahead of making sure that they are top of mind for budding creators or creators to get monetized. And it's good press for them, right? For people to think that it's easier to get into these monetization programs. I think the thresholds anyway previously were pretty high. Like I have a YouTube channel, Coffee for Scalers, 
And that was in monetization before, but then it dropped out because I didn't have enough minutes. And I still don't, I think, even though I'm not that pushed about that. But it's, yeah, I think it's interesting that they're lowering the threshold. So yeah, yeah, it, it, they've gotten good press about it. Yep, yep, definitely. Obviously, uh, it's it's always a good thing when you, you know, uh, help creators make more money on a regular basis, mm. which is a thing. Uh, one thing that we hadn't sort of like planned to discuss about is, uh, you know, almost like a, has it been six months? feels like it's been close to six months since a sh- short monetization came into play. Oh, yeah. Um, it's getting close to, to that. And uh, I'll give you my perspective. My perspective hasn't changed in that space, is that I, I hear colleagues, I hear you know, people in the industry being, you know, having been, you know, running into YouTube and their YouTube reps just, just keeps pushing r- shorts without any context. Oh, interesting. As to yeah. like, as to like, you know, if it's right for their brand, if it's right for their, you know, for their pipeline. And I think that's typical YouTube, you know, whole, you know, like no context. And they're just like, they're just in their mission, their goal. They want to do their thing, but they don't take your business into consideration. In terms of performance, I see still as a it as a mixed bag. Uh, if your if your goal is to just grow your uh, fan base or your awareness, it's still a good good uh, uh, prospect. Although I do think that long term. Um, Sort of like uh, fan. Now, I want. I want. I don't want the words. Not engagement. I want to use uh, loyal loyalty from fans is much lower from shorts. Like mm. there, it's shorts is just like entertain me now. I'll forget. Yeah. I won't come back to you unless you entertain me again. Right. Yeah. And um, uh, the algorithm doesn't help. You know, y- you. It's pushing what's getting attention, and it's not pushing subscribers. So. Um, from what I, my perspective is that, you know, you might bring a lot of subscribers, but they're not, they're mostly not going to come back compared okay. to a regular video. And then finally, um, uh, just anecdotally through, you know, friends who have very sizable channels, some of them are just completely dropping shorts because their monetization, their regular video monetization dropped off the cliff once they, they were focusing on shorts hmm. and once, and they saw the opposite happened when they stopped doing shorts, which is really interesting, right? And, um, and you know, they didn't, they started making more money, they started getting more views on their regular videos. So, you know, it, it, it YouTube's in a, in a weird spot right here. There's dividing the creator base, they're, you know, they're pushing a format that isn't native to the platform. And they're, to this day, to this day, I have no idea how what what ad products they're pushing for shorts and yeah. the monetization is a fraction is it's less than a fraction has it increased any bit because i remember when we last caught up six months ago about this i remember there was a lot of rpms at um eight cents 12 cents has it increased from that uh not that i've seen Okay. You know, there there's some fluctuations as usual with anything, but like it's yeah. just basically, yeah. you know, okay. you know, get, I see people get, you know, uh, super hits, you know, 10 million views only to get like, you know, a few hundred dollars on yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say from what I've seen, I would say if you're creating content, hold in there. I've seen in the last three months, advertisers get a lot more excited about it. 
and want to do it. So maybe you kind of have the Google ads machine of thousands of salespeople getting to all these brands and agencies now because they were holding back as well because the ad products weren't as ready. But I feel like the reason they were doing some of that was because they probably didn't want to put the ad load too high. But from what I've seen, it's still, you still actually can't go in and just say, I want YouTube shorts only. You can target mobile and shorts will be in there. If you use a vertical video, it's more likely that you'll have the ad show there, but you can't report on it. So they're still not yep. there with the ad product where you can say shorts only, but it feels yep. like it's very close now. Um, like uh, you still can't do it contextually. You can do it via audience targeting, contextual apparently is soon and uh, but the one thing I was going to say is I actually from everything I've seen when you do target mobile only with ads on YouTube it's not like they're charging you a fraction of the price so I feel like the reason the RPM is low on the creator side is because the ad load is so low in there still um, but I think that will increase, but I, I don't think they're like dropping their rates for shorts. I think the rates are going to be the same, but they just haven't upped the ad load yet. Yeah, I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, it's, it's YouTube's, you know, the history has shown that, you know, with time they, they get better and better. Mm. Uh, but you know, it's still, you know, when we look at CPMs from, you know, five, 10 years ago on just on regular videos, they're a huge difference now. Uh, yeah. So I expect uh, shorts to do that. But the thing is, yeah. to me, at the end of the day, it's like they need to move this needle faster before anybody else catches up. And, and I say yeah, anybody yeah. else, I'm talking about TikTok. If TikTok, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm not even paying attention to TikTok monetization, but all I know is that I keep seeing news that TikTok's rolling out more and more uh, hmm. creator uh, funds or, you know, new new ways to monetize for creators and you know that'll keep them coming to staying on that platform yeah. um and you know and, and when it comes to news these days tiktok has replaced twitter has replaced a lot of platforms when it comes to like yeah you know and news so that's that's a big a lot of like headspace to take away yeah. from from the youtubes of this world speaking right, of which so, threads what <laughs> really threads. wow it had some <laughs> well that happened since we last talked what a what yeah. a launch and yeah, i heard someone saying yesterday uh, that there's ads in there even already but um yeah, what a launch, right? Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit like, I'm a little annoyed about everybody sort of like boasting the 100 million, you know, yeah, accounts. Yeah, but it has you know, dropped. Like Mark Zuckerberg came out and said it's tens of millions that are actively on there. Yeah, but again, the thing is the context here is like, you know, they're, everybody's showing off about the fact that it, it hit 10 million, you know, sorry, 100 yeah, million 100 within million. a week, right? Google, you know, sorry, Facebook and, and Instagram have 3 billion users each yeah like yeah how easy you know like when you think about just the the, the reach percentage <laughs> you know organic reach for yeah. for instagram facebook that's about right in terms yeah. of the amount of people yeah. reach but at the same time like comparing you know a launch of threads versus a completely new product with absolutely no ecosystem yeah to me that's just apples and oranges because yeah, you know, yeah, again, course. it just shows the power of the network effect, right? Again, yeah, it's not it's not a complaint, but I think it's like when everybody's like, "Oh, ChatGPT took you know X amount of time. This took X yeah, amount of time." Yeah. Well, Chat, Chat, I give much from more zero. respect that ChatGPT had yeah. zero awareness, went from zero to that, and had no network effect. Microsoft wasn't even attached to that. 
support. Yeah, or it was yeah. attached, but didn't make a big deal out of it, right? Didn't push it yeah. in their ecosystem. Anyways, that's, but, that's but, the big contest last that thing I don't like. On it. Like, I think with threads that um, it was it was amazing to see like the 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 love that's there for Instagram. Yep. Like uh, I, I, was, I was amazed by that and I was amazed by as well, like the way there's such a, um, uh, such a nastiness around Twitter these days that yes. like was perfect time. And it's even yep. helped Mark Zuckerberg's reputation a little bit. And one yep. final thing, yep. they didn't launch it in Europe, <laughs> you know, so it was launched in the UK, yep. but not Europe and it still isn't. But yep. anyway, Let's park threads. Yeah, I totally agree. Like the Twitter, I'm, I'm, you know, I no longer uh, engage on Twitter. I might go in and then I'm always surprised to see who's still tweeting. But uh, yeah, I'm not no longer that. I even experimenting now that I can see Carlos's face right now. And he's like, I look at disgust in his face when he's talking about (laughs) it. Um, and, uh, I even experimenting with verification on uh, Instagram just to see if that did anything for me, because, uh, I have a personal thing where I'm trying to change my username to get my, my full name. And, uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you're not letting me do it, but there's no account attached to it for some reason. So it's weird. Anyways, I, I, I tried to hack it that way with, with getting verification. It didn't work. I canceled my verification within minutes. So mm. uh, <laughs> it's all good. Anyways, I, 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 I noticed you're posting on LinkedIn though recently. That's cool. When 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 was that? I thought I, you, you know posted. what I post. I you know I'll be honest with you. I shit post on LinkedIn. <laughs> I, I I my goal on LinkedIn is to throw throw shade to everybody. That's like just like so. Uh, you know, LinkedIn is such a like. Um, virtual signaling platform. I've, you know, it's like such an annoying platform. Like again, like I'll, I'll support friends and all that sort of stuff, and I'll like certain things. But oh man, the amount of like vapid, re- vapid uh, blog posts on 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 LinkedIn that are just made to game engagement. Oh my god, was such a platform. <laughs> Anyways, I like valuable platforms. I honestly, even though Reddit had 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 some issues over the last couple uh, couple of weeks, it's still a super valuable platform for re- for for community and engagement, uh Discord, um and um and uh Threads I'm enjoying a lot because of the positivity around it right now and mm. the lack of uh, you know blue checks, uh you know who you yeah, who those people are. Uh, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the ecosystem uh, is definitely shifting in that space. Okay. The next thing that we wanted to discuss is this little, you know, I just want your perspective on it. Uh, Google being in hot water over video ads because that's your ecosystem. And basically the news is that, you know, there's reports suggesting that advertisers may have been paying for more money for ads that don't actually meet Google's standards. What's... Yeah your perspective on this? Yeah, there's a company called Adalytics that did, it looked like a very comprehensive piece of research where they basically partnered with a few agencies who manage a lot of YouTube spend. And they basically aggregated a lot of data of um, how much of the ads were served on YouTube or off of YouTube. And if you're not that sophisticated at setting up YouTube campaigns, or if you don't like look at all the settings buttons and stuff, um, you have to opt out of like the Google video network um, because you're automatically opted in. So what they're 
and and it's a bit more complicated than that. There's like there's there's uh, just there's two main ad products, let's say, uh, even though it's a bit more complex. But one is called video action campaigns, and the rest is non-video action campaigns. And video action campaigns, they've actually bundled a lot of uh, Google Video Network uh, in non-video action campaigns. Uh, you can opt out, uh, but inevitably, a lot of people don't opt out. So what that means, if you're an advertiser, is a lot of advertisers and agencies ran a lot of their ads for video on the Google Video Network when they thought they were running YouTube. So yeah, but like, you know, it's interesting. Like, if you look at TV as an example, you know, TV will be like, okay, give me a million dollars and we'll place it in lots of different areas. And you can't be too picky where you run. So Google's kind of doing some of that, you know, where they're saying, we own a video network, mostly YouTube off of YouTube, and we're going to place ads in both. Um, yeah, at my company, Precise TV, we always opt people out of this because we don't think it's mm -hmm. the, the best if you think you're going on YouTube and then you suddenly are on Fox News or somewhere like that. So um, I think the report got a lot of uh, media attention. And I think some people are starting to realize that YouTube's more complicated to buy than they first thought. And a lot of people are looking into this now. And some people are saying... I want my money back. I didn't know I wasn't not on YouTube. So yeah. that's the story. You know, as somebody who used to buy YouTube ads, I know that, you know, running ads on uh, on YouTube's on Google's platform is like, you know, it's it's a degree on itself. You sort of, you know, and a lot of companies just press a lot because, you know, it, 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 we're now in an ecosystem where every single company and brand runs their own ads, right? And they're all doing their own little thing. And that's what happens. You get inexperienced ad buyers, you know, yeah. just, you know, okay, I'm going to run, you know, $50 campaign for post type of situation. And, you know, your ad appears on everything. And there's just a huge amount of, of ads uh, appear on platforms that you didn't know that it's part of the YouTube Google network. All that mm. sort of stuff. It's 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 advertising one on one on these platforms situation, <laughs> but you know at the end of the day, that's you know bashing on Google advertising is is the media's job these days yeah. because they've all realized how much they've given away to that to Google. <laughs> Everybody's real. I mean, we're in a space right now where uh, in the Canadian ecosystem, there's a boycott because uh, news got removed from um, oh yeah I read Google, that Google and Facebook and Facebook right? right yeah yeah and now all the media companies are all the newspapers are boycotting advertising on the platform I'm like I'm like you're you're like not even a drop in a bucket yeah for, you guys are going to make a dent they, they, they don't yeah. care that's not what the the thing is again I have a I can go into a rant about this this thing but it's like anybody with half a brain in the past eco in the past 10 years knew that we you know these platforms were mining audiences away from from news media and all that sort of stuff and then news mm. media just like just kept feeding the feeding the beast and yeah. not building their own ecosystem new york times being the perfect example of somebody that woke up and said wait a minute we need to build our own moat and control our own audiences and get people to come to us instead of mm. just relying on facebook yeah. to share our news and but the canadian ecosystem is 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 very is 
very dependent on government uh, subsidies and and, no, and, yeah. and tax dollars. So they're 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 I'll be honest, they're just lazy, and they just mm. like you know they they just never thought about you know building. There's a couple of them that did that did. There's uh, La Price in Montreal who basically shifted their their model and started you know building a subscription uh, ecosystem. They're not complaining as much as everybody else. Hmm. So anyways, it's, it's, that's, uh, again, that's another tangent in this space. That's, it's really yeah. interesting to see. And it's a little bit outside of our video description, uh, video, uh, insiders podcast, but I think at the end of the day, it, it sort of affects all the whole media online media. So it's interesting for us to sort of like p discuss about it. Yeah. Okay. So we're about, I would say mid, mid, mid way through this podcast. And I wanted to sort of like shift gears and discuss uh, my recent experience uh, going to my first ever OTT fast, you know, streaming conference, which was uh, thanks to the company I work with just for last, I went to a uh, conference called uh, Stream TV in Denver. It was an interesting experience, uh, to say the least, from my perspective, because essentially up until this point, I've been working in the OTT fast ecosystem, just, you know, by myself in a Canadian ecosystem that's very um, isolated from the US and uh, being around people and other companies doing the same thing sort of like gave me a, a whole new perspective. Um, first things first, uh, I, I, I have so much notes about the space. I, I want to write a blog post about it, but I'm too, right now I'm just too busy to do it. <laughs> but um, Essentially, I'm not a very, uh, I'm not a salesperson, right? So I like being behind the scenes and all that sort of stuff. So being very outgoing in conferences takes a lot of energy for me. So I felt did you a know bit a lot of people like, at it though? No, I did not. Okay. that's the thing, right? Yeah, I yeah. knew a couple of reps, yeah. and there were a few reps that I finally met in real in real time. They're extremely generous with like, you know, their time, and they gave me a lot of insights and stuff like that. But you know, the way I was, I was, it was funny because it's not a huge conference. I would say like maybe less than a thousand people you know were at that conference and yeah everybody seemed to really know each other <laughs> and i was like yeah. wow you know and yeah and then that was really interesting to see it's like you being at vidcon exactly you know it's like me yeah. you know 40 year old uh, mid-40s guy showing up at vidcon and and hello fellow fellow kids except i was a kid and everybody else was the adults right because yeah, they yeah. didn't know each other for so long so that that was sort of my my perspective um so i it, Things, things that I learned in the ecosystem is, you know, being in the Canadian space, the fast, you know, for us, fast is like new and fresh. Um, and uh, in the US, it's like, it's, it's matured, and it's getting consolidated pretty quickly. And um, there's actually a downturn in, in channels, um, where, you know, the LGs and the Samsungs of this world are cutting things are cutting back in terms of purging channels more than they're um, keeping channels. And um, the reason for this is that, um, you know, we were every single pr uh, distribution company and producer has been pitched, you know, creating their own channels over the past couple of years. And everybody did because it's such a low barrier. Um, I remember people, I remember being approached by so many companies that would all they would do is scrape your YouTube channel and then turn it into a fast, a fast OTT channel, right? Now those days are mm -hmm. over. Um, it's quality over, over, over quantity now. 
So they're looking for channels that are much more uh, robust, uh, maintained, and um, they're also purging the, the level of, of channels that just look all the same. Um, for example, you know, there are tons of distribution companies that are sitting on, you know, movie, various movies and in, in the same subject matter. And every single company out there is launching a greatest hits movies channel. So if you have, you know, 20 to 30 different companies running greatest hits movie channels, well, who has the greatest movies at this point? <laughs> you know, mm. nobody. Everybody's sort of like putting like mediocre channels, right? With, you know, a couple of hits once in a while. But so now uh, what's happening is that, you know, the, the big platforms are sort of like cutting back on that space and, and, and creating, um, you know, and just, you know, uh, choosing quantity over quality. Uh, sorry, quality over quantity, <laughs> the opposite. Uh, that's sort of like the, the main sort of like uh, interesting uh, aspect of it. But also listening to everybody talk about this space. What I see when my big picture perspective uh, coming out of this is that it's really funny to see all these TV networks, all these startups, all just essentially trying to build youtube <laughs> that's all they're trying to do mm. but the thing is the, the the perspective that i have is like youtube is very unique and i don't feel i don't want to blow smoke up youtube's youtube's butt but it's like there there is a miracle that they created where they have this ecosystem where you can upload your content manage your library monetize it and not have to think and build an audience and not have to think about anything else right um mm. Whereas when you're building a, an OTT channel, you have to think of the software, you have to think of the ad serving, you have to think of the sponsorships, you have to think of the content on a, a regular basis, you have to think of your, your relationships. There's so many pieces to it, right? And mm. um, it, it, in the OTT fast ecosystem, there's 50 to 100 different companies all doing the same thing, all trying to take that business. And all everybody's sort of like, working with each other but also competing with each other and everybody's like yeah. worried about audience development and everybody's fragmented in this space it's so fragmented it is chaos there are starting to be uh there's a little bit of cons consolidation happening in the space you know there's the, the viacoms the the paramounts they're all that sort of stuff and the, and the foxes that are creating their own moats in this space but there, because of the low barrier of entry uh, of fast and, and uh, free ad, ad supported television, um, you know, there's no real loyal, loyalty in that space, right? You sort of like, you, you, the only reason you'll come back is if the channels are, they have are good or unique. But what happens if you, uh, I run a channel that I serve on, par that I serve on Pluto, that I serve on Tubi, that I serve on Zumo, that I serve on Samsung, it's the same channel across across this, the four or more different platforms. It's like, but where are they? The, the, what's the differentiation here, right? So each platform is trying mm. to think about ways to sort of like create unique experiences so that people come back to it and stuff. So, anyways, it, it was it was really uh, interesting to see you know the big picture of how things are mo moving and shifting in in that space mm. and uh, yeah that's 
I feel like you have questions to me. You're looking at me like you got something to ask. It was uh, <laughs> well, I was just going to ask you there at the end. Was YouTube there? Not at all. Google TV was there. Google TV. The funny okay. part is that there were a couple of uh, there was there was one MCN there, and they they had to pick a deliver because there are tons of content producers and content distributors there, and <laughs> nobody from the YouTube ecosystem was there other than this one. Uh, well, I call it MCN, but you know, you know like the uh, YouTube network, and they got yeah. they got their and business. Were they they had really a stand, did they? Did they? No, did they, they do didn't have a stand. They just did oh. the whole networking thing. In that space, I okay. met with them, and you know, as usual, I'm uh, like happy to connect and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But it was really um, that perspective that uh, was uh, was interesting. The YouTube, there's nobody from YouTube. YouTube is just not spoken there because it's yeah. it's very TV. At the end of the day, it's still very TV, right? There's no user generated content yeah, yeah. discussed in this space. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the people. They, and what they, was your, what was your motive for going and did you get what you, you wanted from it? Well, my motive for going was uh, build relationships with new, new platforms because it's always, that's the game yeah. in this space is like okay. connecting with platforms that you don't often have access to is obviously education, okay. learning about the space, what's going on, who, yeah. are, the, who are the big players. And obviously insights from the the leaders in this space, right? Seeing what they're yeah, discussing, nice. what they're worried about, and also uh, other people that are like medium to medium to small businesses, right? Um, yeah. One of the, one of the things that was really interesting is um, a new foundation was launched um, while there, and again, I'm I don't have notes on it, but they're called the ISA Independent Streaming Associations. Okay. And essentially yeah. what what it was is a, a group of they're I would say they're much bigger than what I deal with, but um they're small, they're not the Comcast of this world, right? They're the taste maids of this world or the fuse media of this world, right? They're they're pretty they're medium mm. and they're they're growing. They're there's very niche net networks. But at the end of the day, they don't have the back ends of Viacom, Paramount, you know, uh, and okay, Fox, yeah. right? So they're very, you know, independent. So this mm. association is meant to help all the small players sort of like help each other. And yeah, this yeah. is this is what, what my biggest and I've had I, I reached out to them right away because I thought that was awesome. One of the things that I found really interesting about this space is that there's absolutely no community. There's nobody helping you out of the goodness of their hearts. Like YouTube, YouTube has this amazing community where creators help each other, creators gather, creators yeah. share, you know, all their insights, all their learning, you know, on Reddit, on Discord, on, on YouTube itself, on social media, and everybody connects in real, in real time. In the fast OTT ecosystem, nobody's sharing anything because they're all competing with each other and they don't want to give yeah. anybody secrets. Right. And, yeah. um, and it's, huh. it's so weird because, you know, what ends huh. up happening is like somebody like me, who's like, you know, two, three years into the space is basically learning by mistake or only, only people teaching me things are my suppliers and my partners. Yeah. And that's, and, and, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. And nobody's giving me yeah. like unbiased, unbiased uh, yeah, perspectives, yeah, yeah. right? And yeah. um, 
when the ISA, they actually reached out to me this week just to, to have some questions as to like what, what, why I'm interested in the group. And I was like, I, I basically told them that. I was like, there's no way for me to sort of like pool um, connections yeah. in this space to understand how ad serving, uh, how what's my ad serving solution, what are my options, you know, who, 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 you know, like just learning about programming, you know, all that sort of stuff is not being shared by anybody. And uh, hmm. I think that's a big missed opportunity for somebody that can create a centralized ecosystem or a yeah. community in this space. And I believe the ISA is trying to do that. But again, I like I'm hopeful, but also I'm wary because they're they're all TV people <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah. right? They're still TV people, and they're yeah. still going to come at this with this very you know like you know uh, hmm. tight lip. I don't know, like situation where it's like, to me, I, I just want like a, a discord group or uh, a Reddit, yeah, yeah. a Reddit group, like the, to help everybody. Uh, actually, after this call, I might do some research on Reddit and might create some sort of like subreddit just, just for the hell of it. Just, just to see yeah, if there's yeah. anything that comes of it. Because, because yeah, yeah. you know, again, at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm asking colleagues, you know, again, I, I'm going through this process right now where. Uh, I'm looking for ad servers and trying to understand the ad waterfall situation. Sorry for all the, the, mm. the terms here, but uh, and uh, and you know everybody's giving me their completely biased, <laughs> you know, okay. perspective. But like would you every... not? What, what about? But you meant you mentioned someone earlier, like Tastemade and stuff. Yep. Are not some of those companies who are like the old ecosystem players, like Facebook and YouTube and stuff? No, because they've uh, evolved. More willing to share. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. Tastemade and the things. That's why Tastemade is part of this ISA, uh, the founding members. Yeah. Right. They're probably coming at it with that perspective. But I've yet to see. This is. I'm two months post. Uh, oh, it feels like two months. It's probably six weeks since the conference. It's still not. There's still. There's still not. I don't see any public. You know, avail uh, or even invite only uh, discussion group. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't see anything yeah. happening yet. And again, this is the whole thing where it's like they're probably, you know, uh, spending way too many resources to, to build this instead of just like, um, you know, just experimenting online, right? Essentially, to me, what I yeah. don't like about what, what, what part, the part that annoys me about the world of, of, of production distribution is that they tend to like spend so many efforts to build something, not knowing what it's going to, how it's going to you know, how the audience is going to handle it, where we live in a world of social media and social platforms that let you experiment that let you figure out your yeah. audiences, right? It's like, why don't you have a already the the uh, Reddit subreddit of the ISA? Why isn't there already a public discord where you can already start seeing people coming in and, and vet, you know, see what people are asking or discussing, you know, and then use mm -hmm. that intelligence to build your platform. Now, they're probably spending a lot of resources and a lot of time figuring out this. Yeah. I would expect the paywalls, uh, uh, you know, membership, which I think is okay, but also limiting. Like uh, they better, like I have no idea if it's going to be a, a paid uh, membership, even if it is, is it going to be like a crazy membership fee? Like, uh, is it a hundred bucks a month? Is it a hundred, you know, sorry, is that a hundred bucks a year or is it like a thousand bucks a month type of situation, right? Like member, you know, memberships in TV entertainment ecosystems tend to be a little bit, you know, <laughs> 
prohibitive for startup companies in this space, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, again, it's 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 all this big black hole right now. Um, so th that's that's my. I'm hoping. I'm very hopeful that the whatever they built is 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 very useful for you know startup companies, networks. Again, networking, yeah. all these sort of thing that you know. If if all you're doing is is working with Paramount, Samsung, Tubi, mm. you know those are great. But there's always in this ecosystem, there's always new platforms, there's new niches popping. And um, yeah. how do you get you know how do you get to meet them? How do you discuss with them? There's what was what's the new and again? I'd imagine what will happen in this ecosystem will be like the early earlier days of YouTube, where it's like original channels. And like some of those big players investing in smaller companies to have original content to differentiate. Because what you said earlier is like your channel runs on six different providers. Wouldn't you think yeah. that like yep. something like that will happen again? Yeah. Yep. 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 There's yeah. uh, differentiation. There's uniqueness. There's, uh, you know, there's beta testing happening with like, you, you know, uh, original productions. I believe Ro Roku invested in uh, some, a few originals. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was the Weird Weird Al uh, movie, I think, the Weird Al movie that they did. It was okay. Roku original. And there's now Tubi's talking about originals and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And um, okay. So it's happening. That it's happening. It's just, I think, I think it's way more careful than, you know, I don't think, you know, we're seeing, okay. I, I, I think I think I've run through a little bit of, of the, this perspective, but we're. I want to sort of like end this on end our podcast. We're getting long here on the tooth here. Is let's talk about the strike and okay. what? Because again, the, the question you asked sort of made me pivot to that way. Because obviously, streaming platforms are not profitable, mm. right? So, you know, fast OTTs and other monetization ecosystem. But I don't think it's it's like you know for original productions there's no way it's sustainable, right? So right now it's running on, you know, library content. So anyways, that that's that we're gonna finish that, stop it there. But let's talk about how the strike affects online creators, video creators, and you know anybody in this space. Um, I believe you're you're a fan of the Pivot podcast. Yes. Yeah. The, you work with Scott before? Yeah. <laughs> very, very briefly. Uh, I, I have a, a positive experience working with him. So I was listening to Pivot this week and they were talking about, uh, uh, yeah, it was mostly about the writer strike. And what I thought was fascinating was Scott Galloway talking about um, the fact that like, that first of all, that like the late night talk shows have been down now for, I don't know, whatever amount of weeks or months it is. And it was just like these new habits that are forming where people are now consuming TikTok or YouTube or other shows that like that is going to be a change just like the way when COVID first happened and there was no production for a while and like people moved to Netflix and they never kind of came back onto like linear TV and linear TV lost a lot and YouTube. His point of view was... um yeah, Bob Iger actually got kind of uh, angry this week when he was asked about it. And he was like, um, there's a squeeze in the industry. I can't believe the actors are now going on strike and they need to get real about this new world. And every, they were saying how unlike Bob Iger that is, that usually he's pretty calm, collective in front of the press and everything. Uh, maybe in the background, he'd be like that. But 
basically just that like the writer's strike and the actor's strike that's happening right now, that that is probably mostly most impacting the more traditional media companies. And companies like Netflix do a lot internationally where it won't disturb them as much anymore. And it'll eat right into their hands right into YouTube's hands, TikTok's hands with audiences. And those audiences, once they get addicted to TikTok, YouTube, uh, particularly those older audiences, they're not going back. Um, so yeah, his point of view was that like someone like a Netflix would uh, probably be happy that like this uh, relatively that it continues for longer while it's going to impact the more traditional players, Disney, Fox and others over time. Uh, so I thought all of that was fascinating. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, here's the thing: like, you know, we're we're I'm you know uh, middle aged. Uh, all I know is that anybody younger than me has grown up with social media, uh, you know, content, right? And anybody under twenty or uh, in mid thirties right now is completely addicted to shorts and and TikTok and Instagram, right? They don't care about TV. They don't care about live TV, yeah. so yeah, Netflix and Netflix and stuff are still in, in their ecosystem, and that will be there. But they're growing without actors; they're growing with creators, mm. and that's that's what the creators are. That's what the, I think the actors are sort of missing the boat on. They're all afraid about AI mm. replacing them. AI is not going to replace yeah. them. The, the cre online creators are going to replace them. We all talk about the last, you know, I just went and see Mission Impossible. And it's like when you think about the movie stars, you know, uh, box office movie stars, there's hardly any anymore, right? There's not a lot of actors yeah, yeah. anymore that you'll, you'll just like, no matter what they make, you're going to go watch them. I'll watch them. Tom Cruise is yeah. one of the last ones, uh, you know, and uh, maybe there's a few other ones. But like, you know, think about Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is great. I love yeah. a great actor. Would I go see every one of his movies? Not really. You know, uh, again, that's yeah. me. But um, uh, yeah, the, 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 whereas the creators all built their own niche spaces and niche audiences that are extremely devoted and a platform that reaches mm. millions of people at, at a click of a button without anybody telling him what to do in terms of content, unscripted content, original, original creators, if, if this strike lasts as long as everybody's sort of like, you know, uh, um, how can I say is, um, is expecting it to do like, I think up until, yeah, until yeah. last, until the end of the year, at least, uh, October wow. uh, Q4, I think it's going to be messy. Yeah. I think it's, it, we're not going to see yeah. the repercussions of it for a couple of years. But I think it's going to, yeah. I think they've basically, um, the AI part is valid. Uh, the, the AI part, uh, actors issues yeah. with AI and, and studios replacing their, them with AI is valid. But I think they're, they're missing the vote. They're missing the point as to what's really yeah. causing the danger for them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's really that like everyone's gone all in on streaming and it's not yeah. profitable. And these yeah. companies are just having to now pivot back. And the, yeah. Uh, yeah, AI isn't their biggest problem right now. It's a lot of money being sucked out of there as yeah. the strikes are going to go on, but which is crazy. But what were you going to say? Yeah, just as, as we speak, uh, speaking of Pivot, like Kara's, um, Kara's podcast, which is, uh, I forgot the name. The Kara Swisher up. Show or something is it called? Yeah, it's, or something uh, with Kara. Yeah, it was, look up Kara Swisher, your founder podcast. But as of this morning, 
much. And we are recording this on July 20th, 2023 on with Kara Swisher. She just on. has, yeah. uh, she has, uh, the one that she uploaded today is an interview with Fran Drescher. So who's the head of Who SAG? Who is that? She's the head of SAG, uh, right? The, the representative yeah. of SAG. And again, she might, the role is, but she used to, she used to play the nanny in this old, uh, American TV show sitcom. She was uh, well known oh. back in the nineties and early aughts. Um, but, um, she's now representing SAG and she's the one you, you probably saw on YouTube videos, you know, ranting at, at, uh, at, uh, Disney and all the platforms. So, uh, oh, yes, uh, yes. They played a snippet of her yes. uh, they played a snippet of her in this and she was saying yes. how she, looking forward she was to getting her on. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, listen to that podcast. We'll link it in the show in case, uh, people aren't listening to it, but it, yeah. it's, it's really interesting that, you know, she's representing them, uh, you know, uh, Again, she she's she's got experience in the space. I don't want to be negative against her, but she's also hasn't acted for like feels like twenty years, and is like <laughs> an old generation of actors, right? Like she's like you know sitcom era actors, right? When the sitcoms were king, uh, so it's like you know to see her perspective. I haven't listened to her podcast. It's, I will today. But uh, that's an interesting yeah. space. I think it's just Should a chaos. Yeah. I think I think they're basically. Sh I think Scott pers Scott's perspective is is on the ball. They're shooting themselves in the foot at the end of the day. Like I agree that yeah. there's something to be said, but like there's something to be you know uh, um, something needs to change. But uh, I think that the way they're they're striking right now is 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 uh, preventing you know sort of like uh, is I don't know. There's they're just, you know, um, they're they're helping their own demise <laughs> in certain in certain yeah, aspects, yeah. right? It's like it, yeah. again, the audiences are just not there, and it's like, oh, instead of like focusing your your work on potentially adopting new platforms or the new ways creator, yeah. you know, audiences engage with creators, you're focusing on mm. on this side of the business. You know, again, you think about like Joe Rogan, right? Joe Rogan, like created his own ecosystem because you know he, yeah. he potentially saw that like you know he wasn't getting what he wanted out of out of uh out of uh what his mm. his tv gigs and it's like he created his own ecosystem and he benefited from it there's tons of other actors that have done this uh have just decided to yeah. roll up their sleeves and and create their own yeah. content and 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 own audiences and they've benefited from they're not the ones complaining trust me they're not the ones complaining they're doing well yeah anyways that's my perspective and, I, I, you know go for it I'll, I'll no just... i think we'll, we'll park it there i was i yep. was actually just thinking about uh i think we should end on this yep. barbie are you going to it uh, funny enough, I had a discussion with my wife this morning uh, about well, Barbie Barbenheimer. That's how you say it, right? That's how you pronounce it, Barbenheimer. Uh, I don't we're, know. We're definitely going to go see uh, the, the decision is um, Barbie first uh, this Friday and Oppenheimer uh, probably the day after. Uh, oh, nice, you know, nice. It's going to be a bad weather. What do you weekend, think it'll so do box office wise? I, here's the thing: the numbers. Uh, that again, I'm no expert in this space, but you know, I, I I'm a huge Chris Nolan fan. I love his movies. I listen to his the soundtracks to his movie all the time. Um, and um, uh, uh, it's just impossible mathematically that Oppenheimer makes as much money as 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 uh, 
as Barbie. Barbie's like less than 90 minutes. Oppenheimer's 30 is three hours. Just the math of okay. the screenings of that, I, you'd have to look at, if you'd want to like go super analytical, you'd, you'd go in to see how many theaters are carrying Barbie, how many theaters are carrying Oppenheimer. Yeah. I would assume it's pretty equal because the, the trend, because of the online virality of this meme, right? Um, yeah. Probably every theater is like, let's make sure we carry both so that we can, you know, uh, I actually saw yeah. uh, a report this morning that they were expecting something like 200,000 people are at least planning to see both movies back to back. Wow. So that's a pretty, I mean, I, I think it's a brilliant. Barbenheimer. Sort of, yeah, Barbenheimer, that's what it's called. Right? What, what I think is amazing yeah. is nobody in marketing or Hollywood would have been able to come up with this, right? And it's yeah. 100% community created, right? That I yeah. love this. And I love the fact that somebody in their marketing in the marketing teams of both movies decided to just, let's just embrace this and just roll with it. Yeah. And it's like, boom, yeah. like magic, right? And, uh, and cool. to me, it, it's just the power of the internet in this space, right? It's like nobody would have come up with this, uh, you know, uh, in a marketing uh, meeting. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I love that it's happening. I love that. I love the, the ecosystem. So yeah, cool. uh, I, I think I think at the end of the day, I think Barbie will probably make the the initial brunt. And then Oppenheimer feels like it's the type of movie that has long legs, meaning that it'll last for, mm. you know, yeah, three, four, uh, you know, at least, you know, uh, two months in the theaters and make and make long money. So what do you think? I I uh, Barbie, I've never seen anything like the hype for it. Just like it's been a marketing machine. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be a top 30 box office uh, like ever, but I could be wrong. Yeah, who knows? But I, I'm, I'm, I'm liking all the hype and uh, yep. yeah, I'm excited to see what it does. Yeah, same. We'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about cool. it in the next podcast. Killian Murphy, I saw as an Oppenheimer. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. But also, I you like got to think of like the, the audience, the audience sort of like um, the mass audience versus, you know, uh, yes, you know, the, the, you know, mass every, you know, you got generations of, of kids growing up with Barbie, right? This is a whole family type yeah. of like movie. So it makes total sense that Barbie's going to kill. Nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So one last thing. If people like the fact that we discuss kind of more in the news today, let us know. Somehow get in touch yep. with us. I know that Carlos is really big on LinkedIn and Twitter after today. <laughs> LinkedIn, <laughs> I think is uh <laughs> we, yeah, social is <laughs> getting a little bit messy for me. And uh, you know, it's like yeah. it's it's tough to see like what people uh commenting, but I think you post you shared the, the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I did, and we saw, got a lot a of, we saw a lot of got a good reaction. So I think LinkedIn LinkedIn's a good audience for us. I'm not a big fan of like you know throwing podcasts into podcast shares into uh, a completely random feed. So LinkedIn is is a very good uh, plat uh, platform for us. Yeah. And um, you know maybe maybe one day we'll get organized and have an actual you know uh, Discord or something or or something or where people can uh, can can engage and ask us straight up questions. Yeah. Awesome, man. It was great catch up. Great things to talk about. I always feel like we're coming into these episodes with like nothing to talk about, but then we have like, you know, we're 40, we're almost an hour in and it's like, uh, we can keep on talking. So, uh, it was great catching up and, uh, we'll see you everybody, uh, on there on LinkedIn and on threads. 
Threads. Dennis, are you on Threads? No, I haven't created my proper profile yet. I will though. So yeah. you're not on Instagram then? I am on Instagram. I've stopped using Instagram, but okay, I have okay. an Instagram handle for my podcast, which I have created <laughs> a Threads for, but not my own personal. Okay, I stopped right. Instagram before. It's a waste of time. Too addictive. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. Um, all right. So uh, LinkedIn it is. Um, engage with us yeah. on LinkedIn. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.